Before today's episode, I wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and recognise their continued connection to the beautiful land and sea. I'd also like to pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging, and I extend this acknowledgement to the traditional owners of the land my listeners are on. Welcome to Ritual the Podcast, your cottage in the woods, a sacred space for the witches, the healers, the magical folk to meet and speak of wisdom, witchery, and old world magic, where people come to learn, to hear stories, to share secrets, and to be free to be their true selves. Welcome to Ritual. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Ritual. My name is Amy Harvey and I will be your host for today. So today I'm writing solo, um, which is nice. It's a nice change to be here by myself just chatting with you. Um, I hope you've all had a really beautiful week. Thank you so much for all your beautiful comments on last week's um, interview with me. Patty flipped it around and interviewed me which was actually a lot of fun it was good to because usually I don't answer any of the questions obviously because I'm asking other people's it was nice to like kind of have my own input and I don't know it was a fun episode but you guys seem to really like it and you um resonated a lot with what I had to say and my thoughts and my journey and all that so um thank you so much for your beautiful messages um so what I wanted to do this week is we have got Beltane coming up in just over a week now, I think, on the 1st of November is when I celebrate it. Um, And so I thought what we might do is dive into the fairy world. Um, Now, Beltane, going into, I think, Beltane and then Letha, the fey energy is very strong. Uh, one of the reasons why is because just like it's Samhain, um, which the Northern Hemisphere are about to celebrate, the veil is extremely thin. And I often feel that unlike with Samhain, where when the veil is thin, we can communicate with those who have passed, like ancestors or lost souls or spirits, communication with them is a lot easier and stronger. And often people will, you know, you'll see signs that they're around and closer than they normally would be. Where I find that with Beltane, the veil, once again, is extremely thin. And you can have that communication with, um, you know, spirits and ancestors and all that. But I find that Often it's the elemental energy that comes through a lot stronger. I think just because of where we are seasonally, like Beltane sits in between spring and summer. So, you know, the sun is out, nature is blooming, and I feel like it's kind of the elemental's time to be around. Um, So for me, I don't necessarily feel the presence of spirits as much, but I definitely feel nature spirits around. I feel a lot more called to work with them. I definitely feel them around. Um, And it is the time of the Fae. The Fae are here. Whether you want them to be or not, they make their presence very known. Um, And I thought today we would have a little chat about them because I know that there are a lot of you who are really interested 
uh, in working with them if you don't already. And I thought it would be a good one to chat to get everyone into the mood for Beltane. Next week, Patty and I will be doing our Beltane episode. Um, so this is kind of just getting us in the Beltane spirit, I think. Um, so the Fae is a very big topic. So I won't be deep diving too much because I could literally be here all day. Now, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. So I could easily be here all day. Um, but for the sake of everybody's ears and I guess my voice, I probably shouldn't sit here all day and talk about it. Maybe another time. Um, but yes, yeah, so let's let's have a chat about the Fae. So what is it? What is the Fae? Fae are fairies. Um, now, firstly, when I say fairy, there is a lot of like, how do you spell fairy? Because you've probably seen a lot of different variations of the word. So there's like the F-A-I-R-Y, F-A-E-R-I-E, F-A-E-R-Y. Like there's so many. Um, I usually see that fairy with the F-A-I-R-Y is more like the fairy tale Tinkerbell normal version of what a fairy is. Um, whereas a fairy with an F-A-E is more your elemental spirit type of writing. It's how you, I guess, in the witchy world or the spiritual world would write it. And fairy with that writing actually translates from the old French word um, to enchantment, which I think is really beautiful. Um, so with the Fae, they, there's a lot of debate on where they actually originated because there are so many stories about them going hundreds and hundreds of years back. And that's why there is such a debate because you have a presence of them in ancient Greek tales. You have them in Shakespeare. Um, I don't know if you've seen or read A Midsummer Night's Dream. That's my favorite Shakespeare play, but that's all about um, fairies. Then you have it in Norse mythology. They talk a lot, even to this day, about elves and the fae and all of that. So it's hard to like really pick where, like who saw what first, you know, that's why there is such a debate about it. But what I find really cool about that is that there are so many stories, which means that no matter where you are in the world, people have experienced fey energy and fey spirits. And I think how cool is that, that they're all over the world. And sometimes when you like look at all the stories, because there is, there, I think fairies are one of the things that people go, oh my gosh, that's just like a child's thing. Like that's not real. Um, and they feel a bit silly believing it. I know for me, I've always loved fairies. I've always, like as a kid growing up, I've always loved like magical creatures and whatever. And so for me, the jump into going from a fairy tale to a fairy spirit wasn't that high because I was like, well, that makes sense. Like they had to originate from somewhere, right? And so, but I do feel like people often feel a little bit silly believing in something like that because we are so told that, it's not real. It's just a, a child story and that's it. But I think when you look at the tales going back for generations to generations from all around the world and see that they have had encounters over and over again, you go, well, that's like, 
how did they even know? Like they couldn't talk to each other back then. They didn't have, you know, Facebook where they go, hey, did you see a a fairy today? Yeah, sure did. This is what it looked like. You know, like everyone, it's like, it's like with any kind of ancient spiritual story, like giants or mermaids or whatever like there's all these experiences that people have seen the same kinds of things and have tales of it so you go well there's so many that they have to have come from somewhere you know which I think is really cool so sorry I'm just having my tea so um the fae also have a whole bunch of names that other people that people refer them to. Sometimes people feel like they shouldn't call them the fae or fairies. Um, Sometimes they're called good people, good neighbours, the gentry um, themselves, uh, or little people. There there literally is so many names, and some people do refer to them as some of those names, or there's, like I said, heaps of other ones, Um, and they feel that they should call them that as a sign of respect. Um, it's really, I guess, up to you and what feels right and you call them what you feel. And if you've had your own experiences, you might have a, a certain calling to a certain name. Um, for me, I call them the fae or fairies. I have never really felt like that was disrespectful at all or to them. And I've never had any feedback from them that they didn't like that. So that's what I'm going to refer to them as. So what is a fairy? The easiest way to think of it is basically they are nature spirits. Um, And you can find them in all sorts of areas of the world. The easiest way to break them down is that usually they will come under the element um, folder because the, the term fae is kind of an umbrella term. Like a fairy isn't just one being the fae or fairies are a label of many, many, many things that all fit under that umbrella, if that makes sense. So let's, for example, when you break them down into elements, you have things like this. You have your earth fairies. So they are things like gnomes, elves, dryads, nymphs, and brownies. All of them are earth fairies, but they all come under the umbrella of the fae. Then you have your water fairies. So they're things like mermaids, sprites, selkies, and sirens. So I at first was like, a mermaid's not a fairy. (laughs) Mermaid is a mermaid and a fairy is a fairy. But the more research that I did, I was like, oh, it kind of makes sense because they, yeah, it, it just, it just, I think it's easier just to see them all as a fairy, but they're broken up into water elementals. Like I said, it's such a big topic. (laughs) My pregnant brain cannot communicate exactly what I'm trying to say, but basically mermaids come under water fairy category. I'm sure there are some who disagree with that, but from what I have researched, that's what they come under. So then you have your air fairies. They are things like sylphs, pixies, vela, Or angels, it has been said that angels can come under the category of the fae. Um, Often air fairies are the ones that have the wings. That's usually the easiest way to kind of categorize them is they're the the winged fae. Um, 
And then you have your fire ones. So they're like salamanders, wisps, and sometimes dragons. I was reading a bit about that because I wanted to see if dragons, because I mean, they're kind of both, aren't they? They're kind of, they're winged, but they've got the fire. But then I guess you can get elemental dragons as well. So there is a big debate that I was reading about whether or not dragons are considered fae, where some people think that they are and some people think that they aren't. Um, It's almost like all magical creatures come under the word fae, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I think a dragon is a fae. I think they're kind of their own category. Um, But I don't know. Let me know what you think about that one. And so then when you look at the world of the fae, there are two courts that they are broken up into um, and they are called the Seely and the Unseely Court. So the this terminology is derived from Scottish folklore and it basically breaks them into two different courts. So the Seely Court translates to the Blessed Court and they can still be very mischievous. Um, that's the thing about the phase. They have their own rules. They don't follow rules like we do. They do basically what they want and there's sometimes no rhyme or reason. So it's hard for a human to understand how they should approach and kind of go along with their game because we don't understand their rules. But the Sealy the, the fae that fall under the Sealy Court, whilst they can be a bit naughty, usually it's because they feel threatened or they feel like their environment that they protect or they inhabit is threatened. So um, a good example of that is over in, I think it was in, I think it was either in Norway or Sweden, um, there was a particular... Oh, see, now maybe it was Ireland. No, I'm pretty sure it was Sweden or Norway. Um, There was like a, what would you call it? This big patch of of something, like a a park or something that they were going to unearth. Um, I don't know what they were going to build, but they were going to destroy it basically. And they had so many disruptions where machines would break, people would get injured. Basically, it just all fell apart from the second they arrived. And I think it must have been Norway or Sweden because I know that they have a really, really big belief in the Fae and they are extremely cautious of them and immediately they were like they put got someone to come in and and check out the land and they found that there were a lot of fairy circles there and they were like this land is um has been taken by the Fae and we are not to touch it and they have made that very clear And they actually packed up and they left and they have made it almost like a sacred ground now where people can't touch it because they have this real fear that if they continue, something really horrible was going to happen. Like I think they actually like it started to affect like the, the crops that were around it, like enough for them to go. Something is really wrong here and we've really disrespected whoever inhabits this this um, earth. So they left it alone and now it's like, you know, sacred ground that they can't touch. Um, so, yeah, Cecilie, they can they can be quite forceful. They can 
you know, hit back if they need to. But generally, they're said to be more prone to helping humans, more likely to bond and form relationships with them. Um, They're said to be extremely um, beautiful and gracious and ethereal. So you would probably think ones like the dryads and the nymphs and, you know, the pixies, elves, they would probably all come under the Sealy Court just because they are very, I don't know, gracious and regal and beautiful and all of that. So, again, don't misinterpret that as that they'll be your best friend, but they will be more likely to want to work alongside you and bond and form a relationship with you if you show them that respect. And then on the flip, you have the unsealy court. So these are the unblessed. They are said to be extremely ill-tempered. They are ill-intented fae. They are very solitary and very wild. Like they, they are usually found in like the deep, dark depths of the forest. Like in, like if it was a movie, it would be where it's like dark and stormy and spooky. They are usually around there, um, and they thrive off distress and danger. So they will go out of their way to cause mayhem. They have no empathy. They have no feelings and they cannot be befriended because they just have no loyalty to anybody, even to each other in their unseely world. They are just really unruly, like nasty energies. Um, and they are not to be, I guess it, it, it's just like don't connect with them. Don't bother because nothing good will come from it. All they want is to cause mayhem for no reason other than maybe their own enjoyment. Um, so what, what would an example of them be? Maybe a banshee, but that's a bit debatable because a banshee is more of an omen of death. It's more like a warning. So I'd have to look that up actually. But basically, just stay away from the unsealy. You don't, you don't want to tap into that energy at all. Um, so that's usually how the Fae will be broken up into one of those two categories. And I think that like intuitively you can feel um, who you have connected with. I think if it was a Sealy Fae, they would have a brighter, lighter energy. And I think if you had started to tap into the unsealy, you would feel uncomfortable and like you were in danger. You know, that off feeling, I think, really like connect with your gut instinct when you are working with them. So speaking of working with them, how do we do it? Before you do anything, there are a few warnings with the Fae. Again, they aren't fluffy like creatures. They are things that can really disturb your day or your life if you show them that disrespect. So some of the warnings that come along with them <clears throat> are never thank the Fae. The reason why you do this, it can be um, difficult to do because if you're working with them, I think we just tend to have that immediate reflex where we just like thank them and say, thank you so much for your help. We don't thank them. The reason why is because when you thank them, it's almost like saying I'm in your debt. 
And that is something that you never want to be in with the Fae because as I was saying before, they have their own set of rules. They have their own expectations. And if you were in their debt, you don't want to know how you will have to repay that because more times than not, it'll be in a way that isn't beneficial to you at all. And it's better to be on an even playing field with them than in their debt. So you can say things like, I'm really grateful that you worked with me. Um, You've done a really great job. This was a really amazing experience, but leave it there. Never thank them. Just show gratitude. Never thanks. Um, the second one I've, I've read a couple of times is that you should never tell them that your name, um, I think maybe that's like, maybe like an ownership thing, or maybe it's, I think to have that kind of, um, what's the word, like disconnection from them where they can't get too close to you because I mean, even though there is that urge that you want to really bond with them, I think maybe until you've really formed a trusting relationship with one or whoever um, you need to keep that stuff to yourself so that they can't cross the line too much and come into your world too much because that's when they can kind of start to disrupt and take over a little bit um, do not stand in a fairy circle a fairy circle is you may have seen it out and about if you're walking in the park or in a forest or something basically it is a circle made up of it could be wildflowers it could be mushrooms um this is said to be there is a debate on this some people think that if you do stand in a fairy circle it can bring you good fortune but a lot of people believe that if you do that it's almost like a portal into the fairy realm um, and you can get sucked in. Um, And whilst it does seem kind of cool (laughs) to be like, yes, I'm going to the fairy realm. Hell yeah. I don't think that it would be very fun for a human. Um, I think it sounds better than the reality. So I think it's one of those things. It's better just to stay away. So if you do see a fairy circle, do not go in. Um, and another big one is do not be disrespectful. There, They will come down on you <laughs> in a heartbeat. Um, they, When you're working with the Fae, it's all about respect, which I'll get into in a minute. But you need to show them respect at all times. They are very much about um, how you treat them, how you treat the earth, how you treat their environment and showing disrespect, as I was saying with that story before, shows them that it's on, like it's game on and they will take revenge. Um, And this could be as lightly as like losing your keys or tripping over something in your house or it can be like your entire garden dies or you your car can break or you can get injured or disappear. Um, Like I think of those people that was it last year or the year before, what were they on TikTok or something? And they were like wanting to curse the Fae. Um, I would never do that ever. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't even think anybody's heard from them ever since. So I, uh, 
I wouldn't do that. I just don't know what they were doing. And I think they were just idiots, to be honest. Um, but respect is a big thing. And if I think if you want to connect with them, you really need to keep that in mind, that respect to them is everything more than any offering that you can ever give. So now that we've said that, how do you connect with the Fae? The first thing that I would do is I would research, read, 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 read. I really think that um, you need to understand exactly what it is that you are calling in. Um, because as I've said a couple of times, they can be very unruly and respect is a big thing. And I think by researching and learning as much as you can, not only do you gain the knowledge of how you should approach it, but you're also showing them that you're taking the time to understand their ways and who they are and what they like. And to me, that's like one of the biggest signs of respect. It's like any culture by really learning and researching about that culture, you're showing that you're taking the time to understand their ways of life. And that, you know, whilst you're not, maybe you don't agree with everything, you still understand how they roll. And that's a big, that's a big thing, you know. I will just say I'm so distracted because right in front of me is a window outside and this gigantic spider just jumped out, just like jumped out. And he's freaking out. Thankfully, he's on the other side of the window, so he can't get me. But I'm like going, is there a gap? Can he get in? Because he's big. He's a big boy. Anyway, so I would start by researching. So read all the books, um, go on YouTube, um, research online. Like there's so many different um, ways you can learn about them. And I'm still learning to this day. I Like there's so much to learn. There's so many different variations of how you can work with them. So I think like finding what really resonates with you as well is important because then you just feel more comfortable when you're doing it as well. <clears throat> the next thing that you can do is you can make them an offering that's kind of like your olive branch to them to say hello I would really like to work with you I really respect what you do and please don't like mess me up please be nice um so there are a whole bunch of things that you can do as an offering um, some of the main ones are you can uh, leave out like fresh milk. You can leave honey. They really like sweet things. So honey or even sometimes I leave like my tea, like if I have a sweet tea, because that's something that's from me. If you've made cakes, again, anything sweet, you can leave a bit of that out. Um, shiny things like crystals are really good, like even like crystal chips, Um flowers wildflowers um and to be honest you can go as basic as fresh water um i see fresh water as a really beautiful offering because without water we couldn't survive so really water is such an important part of our life and our body and i think offering some of that up is a really nice um offering because you're almost offering like a, a lifeline to them um so there's some of the things you can but again if you are like pulled intuitively to leave something out um go for that and it can be also something as simple as 
picking up rubbish when you're at the beach or in the park or walking down the street, doing like an active service like that is a massive offering because it's showing them that you not only respect them, but you respect their environment. Um, And often you will find that you're rewarded for doing that. Like, for example, I, we were down in Golden Beach earlier this year and the beach was amazing. It was so, so big, like big and long and there was no one around. And I was on a mission that I really wanted to find a hagstone, um, also known as a witch stone or a fairy stone. A hagstone is basically um, just a stone that has ho- uh, like one or two or three holes through it so you can see through the stone. Um, and they're meant to be extremely magical. Not only are they said to hold like the wisdom of it could be from the ocean or the forest or whoever, but they're said to hold a lot of wisdom. They're said to be extremely protective. So some people will have them hanging around their neck or hanging on their front door. Um, But they're also said to, if you look through the holes that you can see into the fairy realm, so they they hold a lot of fairy energy. So I was like super keen to find one. And I just could not find one anywhere. You would think on this gigantic beach that there would be at least one, but there was nothing. I couldn't find a single one. Um, and so I kind of gave up and was like, maybe I'll try another time. And then I saw all this rubbish on the beach. And so I picked it up as my sign of like um, gratitude and respect to the ocean and all the like land, like nature spirits that were there. I picked up all this rubbish, put it in the bin, literally turned around and right in front of my feet was this gigantic hag stone. Do I have it, I have it here? If you're watching this, you'll be able to see it. Um, Can you see that? See, there's like all these holes through it. It's huge. Um, It was just sitting at my feet. It was almost like their way of saying, thank you so much for picking up that rubbish. Here's an offering back to you. And I thought it actually felt better to get one that way because I felt like I had earned it and we had kind of swapped signs of respect, if that makes sense. Um, So, yeah, I think often when you do do those acts of service, they are quite quick to respond and they really respond well and see you in a different light because you've actively done something to help them out. Um, So I would start by connecting with them by doing all of those things. So once you've done that, how do you know that the Fae are around? Um, and they they can come through in a whole bunch of different ways so some people hear bells ringing they could be extremely faint um, or sometimes they can if they really want to talk to you they could be really loud but some people hear bells and some people hear music playing in the distance which is kind of cool I know that in uh is it no Glastonbury where it's said to be the entrance to Avalon it they say that if you sit um at a certain time of day I think it's a liminal time so I think it's like dawn if you sit there you can hear music playing from Avalon and all the fae that are over there which is so cool I'm dying to do that um but I know music is a big 
a big fairy thing. That's actually another offering that you can do is you can play music for them. Um, and so, yeah, some people do hear music playing and I think that's pretty cool to know that they're around that way. Um, sometimes you'll, you'll see flashes of light, um, which I do see a lot actually. Almost looks like a little glisten as though there's like water on plants and the sun catches it. But, yeah, you'll see little flashes kind of like randomly in places that you can't explain why they're there. Um, another one is animal signs. So um, this is more like, I guess, repetition of the same thing. So you might have a day where there are butterflies around you all the time and it's not one or two, it's like constant. Everywhere you go, there seems to be butterflies. And the next day there's more butterflies or maybe it's bees or maybe it's a certain kind of bird but enough for you to go, that's an abnormal amount for me to see that. Um, that can often be a sign that they are around. I know for me, I always see dragonflies when the fae are around. So they've actually started to come back to my garden. So now I know that they're moving back in, um, which makes perfect sense now that we're coming up to Beltane. So I think having that awareness of um, when you're outside, what is approaching you and kind of like keeping track and going, maybe this could be a sign from them. And you can ask as well, like if, you know, if this is you, can I please have confirmation? Can you please send me another one? And then if that comes through, then you know that's how they're communicating with you. Um, and then sometimes you just have that knowing, um, you know, it's almost like when there's a spirit around you and you get the goosebumps on the back of your neck or wherever. Um, and it's like that feeling, like you just know that you aren't alone and that that energy is around you. So that's probably more for the people who are very like spiritually in touch with their intuition and that gut feeling there that you can really tap in and go, yeah, there's definitely something else here um, in the garden or maybe even in your home um, and tap into their energy that way. Another one <clears throat> that's a big one for me <clears throat> Um, and I actually meant to mention it before, another offering that you can do, and it's a really fun one, is make them a fairy garden outside. Um, now, I do this for two reasons. One of them is that I don't want them in the house. Um, as, as fun as they can be, they can often be very disruptive. They always take my keys. <laughs> they take the things that I need. Like I work at home and my office is like their playground because it's filled with flowers and herbs and crystals and sparkly things. And they always go missing, especially when I need them. Um, and so it's better that they're just outside for me. So we have made up a fairy garden. Um that's got like little houses and mushrooms and little fairy ornaments and stuff. And around there, I've planted these big like barrels of flowers and like poppies and pansies and violets and herbs and all this stuff. So that's like, I said to them, this is basically like your play, play, playing field. You can have this and do whatever you want, uh, but you got to stay here because inside is a no go for you. 
And so that's often where I'll leave offerings as well to kind of remind them like, this is your space, not inside. Um, but I find that when you designate them a space outside, everything flourishes. Like my garden always booms whenever they're around. But particularly where the fairy garden is, it is overrun with wildflowers everywhere. Like they are seeping around every barrel. They're coming through the concrete, through the bricks. And I love it. It looks so like wild and magical. And I would not dare remove them because they've obviously done that as like a sign of thanks. Um, But like they're wildflowers. I would never get rid of them anyway. They're so beautiful. But I've actually found that this year, I think last year we just had daisies come through where this year there's like, what was it? Their forget-me-nots have come through, daisies, um, buttercups, and there was something else as well. And I, I, they came from nowhere. Like I haven't planted seeds of them or anything, but they're everywhere and they look so cool. So I know that they're definitely happy in their environment, but often I do find that, yes, if you give them a, a spot, you'll know they're there because all these beautiful things start to appear out of nowhere. Um, so that's how you know that they're kind of there. So I guess maintaining contact with them is really up to you. Um, often I will, meditation is a really good way to kind of check in, meditating outside especially. Um, I have a, just like I've mentioned before with my day, like the deities that I work with, I've assigned an Oracle card to each of them. So they have like a direct source of contact with me. So I've actually also now given one to the Fae. So when I do my card pulls, I always pull one from them as well. And sometimes it takes a couple of times to really get a a proper form of communication. Like I sometimes I find the messages at the beginning. I'm like, I don't understand. Like one of them was a blank card. I literally got a blank card. There was nothing on it. And it said that I had to work harder to connect with them I had to like offer them something I basically just had to do more but then I so I did that and then the next card I got was like spot on exactly what I needed to hear so I think they like that form of communication with me so it's finding what works for you maybe it is an oracle card maybe it's a tarot deck maybe they're like runes whatever just find a way that You can dedicate something to your channel that goes directly to them. And that's a really good way to kind of like, you know, have a chat, hear what they have to say, see what they might want from you. Um, And it's fun. It's fun as well. So that's the short version of the Fae. Like I said, there's so much to talk about because you could go into each kind of elemental fae, what they all do, how they work, what their story is, where they came from, and you would be here all day. Um, but what I might do is I either might, might make a blog post or um, like a Insta or something post about some of my favorite books that I have read that I have found the most informative and the most helpful um, 
if you are interested in starting your journey with them and you're new and you want to learn more because research is the first step. Um, so I'll, I'll put that up maybe this week. I'll try and do that. Um, and then, yeah, definitely have a read, 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 read. And maybe I will touch a bit more. Actually, what we're going to do soon is one of our story time episodes. We're going to do Faye Encounters. So we'll probably do that in the next couple of weeks because Beltane vibes. We want to stay in that energy. Um, and I'm really interested to hear some of the cool experiences that people have had Um I know there's some really cool ones. Like I forgot their name. There's those kids that took the photos of the fairies and there's like so many versions of it, but I know that some of them are meant to be true. Like some, some of the photos were fake, but some of the photos were real. Um, so it's an interesting story. So that'll be a fun episode to film um, in the next couple of weeks. And also we have our Beltane episode. So I might go over a bit more face stuff then. Um, but for now, that's the basics. I think that's a good starting point. Um, and I hope that helped if you were wanting to connect or needed encouragement to reconnect with them, because it is such a beautiful time of the year to do that. And as I said, they're around, <laughs> they're around and they're ready to party. So now is the time to reach out and make contact. Um, so I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you again for all your support um, on my previous episodes and all your beautiful messages. They always bring a smile to my face and to my day. They actually brighten my day completely when I get messages from you guys. So thank you so much for that. Um, if you were wanting to reach out and connect with me, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook under Rose Thorn Cottage. Um, you can also find me on Patreon. Um, it's a really good way to support the show and support me and also connect with other amazing witches because we've got a really cool group and we have our own Facebook group and everyone chats and shares pictures and stories and asks questions. Um, so it is a really cool thing to be a part of. And um, I'm going to be sending through some really cool content on there soon. I'm doing an altar video and meditations and all that. So Patreon is a good place to find me. And also on TikTok, I've been more like really into TikTok. It's so it's fun because you can just do like whatever. There's no rules. Um, so half of it is like, there's actually a lot of fairy content on TikTok. If you want to know more, I've been diving into each one, each type separately. So that might be a good place to jump over and have a look as well. Um, and you can find me there under the Witch of Rose Thorn Cottage. Um, but yeah, so let me know if you enjoy, let me know if you have any, um, fairy experiences of your own, cause I'd love to share them on the show. Or if you don't want me to share, just tell me, cause I want to hear them. Um, but have a really beautiful day and I will see you guys next week for some Beltane magic. I'll be joined once more with Patty and then I might get some other guests on. I think, I think he needs a break. <laughs> um, but yes, have a beautiful day, week, weekend, and I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much. Bye.